Good morning, beloved. Goodness, two minutes late. I looked in the chat and I was, <laughs> was called out to task. Uh, was it by Royal there that said classic West Coaster, two minutes late? Of course, yes. Our sense of entitlement. Well, the, the real the issue is, is you know today is Friday and today is the only day that my manservant, Jariah, has off with his family and I have no one to dress me. So it takes me a little bit longer when I have to get myself ready. Goodness, stream number 50. Shout out to us for making it 50 episodes. Man, that's a small, that's no small thing. I think it's a good point or a good time. I've started to collect our, um, well, how do we put it here? Our, as Proho, we're collecting uh, some very important quotes that will inspire us as well as, um, well, our creed. I've got five items here. So I thought the 50th stream, we could kind of reiterate the five we've come up with so far. Remember, taxation is theft. Alcohol is poison. Do not cohabitate. Do not date or marry single mothers. And don't date anyone over 35. That's what we have so far. 50 took us 50 episodes to get up to that point. All right, so the lighting of the lantern has been requested. I haven't died of asphyxiation, so we will continue that tradition here. So this morning, I've got some fun stuff for you guys. Someone asked me yesterday uh, regarding the, uh, the short I did on, the, on the, how to lay out a shop uh, and how I stole the idea from uh, the KTM team. It was quite interesting. Uh, the KTM, you know, they have multiple brands. They build Husqvarna and Gas Gas, and they're really involved in racing. And the company's grown in, uh, in immensely over the years that could, because they make good products. And they're some, you know, they're world champion race teams. So they've got the best and brightest guys doing that. So when they built their new facility, uh, I thought that was quite interesting to watch the uh, a tour through there. And when I saw how they set up the work bays for the mechanics for maximum efficiency, where guys could work on multiple projects, didn't have to take too many steps, and had a happy and healthy workspace, man, I was all ears, and that's what I copied here. So what? But one of the questions was can you share with us uh, any really extraordinary or your most favorite hand tools that you use on a daily basis over the last year? And I've actually, I've got a bunch of new ones uh, and I, I walked through there and I said, well, I'll pick my top five or six and I will share those with you. Pretty cool. Have you ever, uh, do you guys have any titanium tools? This was my first foyer into uh, titanium tools. And it's pretty nice if you're trying to put together a toolkit where weight is important that's never going to be all that important on our trucks or vehicles, you know, because the payload's immense. It's not going to make any difference whether we have 10 pounds or 100 pounds, really. But on motorcycles and, and things, so I would imagine on aircraft as well or anything that, that, that you're going to be weight conscious on, bicycles, if you could reduce the weight of your tools by 75%, you know, would you do that? I guess it depends. Because making anything lightweight means making it expensive. You get more machining involved or more expensive material, lighter weight material, titaniums. Okay, we're getting pretty good at this. We didn't really have, well, there's a, we spilled a couple drops there, but no, 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 no major spillage. Okay, the best part of my day. 20 pumps. Oh. 
Pray for me. I think we're getting it, beloved. I think we are getting it. No major issues in the last few lightings. Excellent. I love the light of the lantern. I've always been sensitive to light. Oh, goodness, what have I done? Good grief. I remember attending 12 years, hate, 12 hateful years of public education uh, underneath the fluorescent lights. You want to do a little interesting study, go look at American... Oof. Why is it smoking so much? This is not a good sign. I'm not, I'm not uh, feeling very good about this here. Uh, it's just too scary. It's, it's smoking. I can't, I can't deal with it. I like the lantern. But I'm not worth dying. For. It's not worth dying for. We may need, we need to may, may need to find a new option. So interesting study. If you go online and look up school architect architecture in, for for schools in America, you know probably since the six, 60s or so, and then look up prison architecture, and you're going to find uh, a lot of similarities. <laughs> now, is that just coincidence? Well, I have heard that the architects for the schools are the same as those for the prison. Some would say that we're more conspiracy-oriented, that would not be me, uh, that uh, it is by design to make the students familiar with institutionalization. But I remember the fluorescent lights and how terrible they were. I've always detested overhead light, especially fluorescent and the flickering and such. And I was kind of excited to see the LED come in because I thought, well, that's a nice, pure, cleaner light. But being someone that works with light a lot and when I look at light uh, through the camera and when I look at light like LED lights through uh, especially low quality ones through um, high frame cameras and such they have a they have a they flicker they flicker off and on all the time now what is that what do you suppose that does um, to us if we're uh, exposed to that all the time because we don't really perceive it but what do they call it, the circadian rhythm? You know how uh, it's important to not be looking at a bunch of light before you go to bed? The natural flow of the body starts preparing for rest and if you bombard it with artificial light, i.e. computer screens, you know, late into the night, I think it can, I, know, I don't think, I know it could affect sleeping and sleeping patterns. And it's nicer, the best way is to wake up with the sun let the sun, let the light coming in wake you, wake you up naturally. And I wonder what, that, what this does. And I've also noticed, and I, and I don't know if there's any answer to this or if it matters at all, but I also notice on like really nice lighting, like um, studio quality lighting, it doesn't have that flicker. So I don't know. Very, very interesting topic. I want to share with you some of my favorite 
little uh, tools and things I've came across. Some of these you probably haven't seen. They're pretty cool. Pretty cool. The first one, now these are, these are tools. So I have been on the quest of putting together, how do I put this? I, what I like to do is I like to, uh, uh, when I'm putting together an emergency kit or an EDC uh, or a survival kit or even a tool kit, a tool kit for like motorcycle adventures where you're going to have to be packing the stuff around, I like the challenge of trying to figure out how to do the most with the least amount. Where can I take something away or where can I add something and take three things away, i.e., how can I find tools that can do, serve multiple purpose but uh, you know, two or three things rather than carry three individual items? Because let's say, for example, here's, here's a perfect example, one I'm going to share with you. This is actually one, two, three, four, five tools all in one wrench. Check this out. Now normally to replace this, so, so first off we have a ratchet. This is a 3 8 drive ratchet head. And this is aluminum. This is made by Motion Pro. Motion Pro makes some really cool innovative tools. And what this essentially does is I need to have a ratchet in my toolkit, right? So I also need to have a 27 millimeter socket for the rear axle. If I need to change a tire to take the wheels off, I need this right here. I also need for the front a 17, and I believe there's a 13 in there as well. So this one wrench, this little MSR, has three tools in it. If that isn't enough, by adding this little Motion Pro, this 27 millimeter, which snaps in the 27, right? Now I have a ratchet tool as well. Not only that, I just realized it, it's got a knurled surface on it, so I can use this if I had a socket on there at, you know, to, to turn my hand so to speed things up. So isn't that clever? And there's even a quarter inch drive on the back. So there's a lot of function and versatility here in this little tool and it takes up a very small amount of weight. Right? So this is, this is the perfect example of what I'm talking about of um, trying to consolidate where you can get lots of things done in a, in a small package. Now, traditionally, I don't like that. You know, multi-tools are a perfect example. Multi-tools are cool and all. I don't carry one because, yes, it's got a screwdriver. It's got a file. It's got a saw. It's got hard, hard wire cutters, pliers, all that. But they're not that great. I mean, it's not something you would want if you were working as a, as a mechanic. You wouldn't want to be using that all the time, right? Will it get it done? Yes. Slowly, you can usually get through something, but it's going to take you some time and, and the ergos are not good and it's going to hurt your hand. And, you know, we all know the drill. But in an area where, like in a glove box of a truck or in a backpack in the middle of nowhere, that's very welcome. And if it takes a little bit longer or it's not the most efficient tool, what matters? You know, it doesn't make any difference whatsoever. So I will contradict myself in saying I don't, uh, when I'm putting together m tools that do multiple roles, it depends on, on the space. I don't want that in the shop. I want dedicated production tools in the shop. But I don't mind having something that's going to be a little bit slower like this. This is not going to be a ratchet, as good as a ratchet. It doesn't ratchet. But, you know, I can move this and it, it still functions as a ratchet. It's just going to take longer, right? You see where I'm going with that? I don't mind. I've got time. Uh, this is about size and weight, 
for size and weight matters. So kind of a cool little option right there if you haven't seen those. Ooh, next up, I got these last year. These are, check these out, titanium wrenches. Have you ever seen anything like that before? And not only that, but they're, uh, is it CNC'd? I don't know how they machined out, even for lightweight in the center. These are one-fourth the weight of a normal wrench. So here I have a, I've got a 14-millimeter, 12, excuse me, 13, 12, 10, and 8. And, I mean, the titanium blows me away. I don't have a lot of titanium stuff, just a few pieces, but it, it's shocking. It's shocking when you pick it up how lightweight it is. And these are also made by Motion Pro. And these are tool-grade titanium. Aren't those cool? Have you ever seen those before? thought that was kind of neat. Here's something I've been trying to figure out how to incorporate into my EDC. You know, to be honest with you guys, I would rather have than a, a I would, I would, there are all many times that I pr would wish I would have a uh, pair of pliers, a pair of pliers for EDC, and I never carry a multi-tool. Have you ever seen these? These are the world's smallest, in my, I think, Knipex, <laughs> like little, little Cobra pliers. Look how little they are. Look at it compared to a phone. You can see they're, they're, they're pretty, pretty tiny. Would that not make a good EDC item? You could almost carry that, just about carry that in your pocket. If, if Nipex could make them almost a little bit shorter and design it so the handles kind of came together where it was a little bit more compact, but isn't that cool? <laughs> they're, they're just like the big ones in every single way, quality-wise, but they're super, super tiny. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then this, I think, for me, when I grab, if I need to grab two tools to go, uh, let's say something broke on the tractor or there's a, you know, something needs tightened, whatever, I, I don't know what to expect. This is, I'll grab the big boy versions of these and, you know, I have the large ones. <laughs> but aren't these cool? This is uh, basically a socket set in one, in one tool. It's like, a, it's, how do, it's like a channel lock, but way better because it's designed to hold on to nuts and bolts. And it looks out, look how big it gets. I mean, this is a very tiny tool, but that probably gets up to, I would say that's at least a three-quarter bolt right there. And then the way that it ratchets, aren't those neat? But boy, this combination right here, I, you know, of course, on the big tools is really, really awesome. But isn't that neat? So these are some of my favorite tools this year that I've recently got. Yeah, I love those. Th those are super awesome. Uh, the next one, you've seen that before, uh, that's completely life-changing. If you work on anything, if you're working on small engine stuff, you're going to go to the same tools over and over again. 8, 10, 13 millimeter, right? That's, I mean, that's, that's basically going to anything for Honda. And this is the little Motion Pro T-handle with three positions on it, and that's quarter-inch drive. So you can get these in three-eighths or quarter and they are fabulous. I actually just ordered a second one because what I do is, is I, I always go in my toolbox looking for my sockets and, and they're always on this <laughs> over with the, in the toolbox with the bike stuff. So I'm gonna have, I'll put these back in my drawer of the snap-on sockets and then I'll just have the Motion Pro. And I think, I'll, I think I'm gonna include this in the bike kit maybe. But that, boy goodness, that's, that's, that is probably my favorite tool of the year, hands down, the little, Motion Pro T-handle. 
there's so much that goes into this. There's more than meets the eye. The, the, just the particular size of it and the length of everything just seems to be perfect. Uh, the way you can, get, you know, you can get just the right amount of torque on a 13 with it. If you need a little bit more, you can go to the side. This is an extraordinarily good tool, especially in the quarter-inch drive. And then I have a couple of Torx bits that I have to get off regularly. Uh, this will take care of the forks and the, the gas tank. And so this is the 3.8 drive version of it right here. And I thought it was kind of curious that they didn't put a, I don't know why, but they didn't put a um, 3.8 drive portion on, on one side, just two sides. But it's fine. Uh, but this is the 3.8 drive. Aren't those nice? Yeah. Uh, some guys use the dedicated T-handles. I don't have those. Um, but I think this is sufficient. I actually prefer this because I can grab one tool and do everything. I, I just grab these two tools when I completely take the bike apart for washing. This takes all the plastics off, um, the gas tank, everything. So that's, those are my favorite, favorite tools. But I do like the little, <laughs> the little Nipex. That's kind of cool. All right, let's jump into it, gentlemen. Let's see what's going on. What's going on here on our 50th show? Goodness, we have Mr. Stubby's in the house. Welcome, Stubby. Stubby writes, shout out to our friend Overton today. I'm sure he's listening. Let's show him some love in the chat. Yeah, absolutely. My family and I will be praying for Overton this evening, and I ask you to do the same. Overton has been a tremendous help in, uh, to our cause here uh, and is a really awesome dude in get, making stuff happen and get it done. Speaking of getting it done, now... I have yet to respond to this email. I just saw it this morning and I was rushing around getting ready for the stream, but we talked about our first ProHo product that we're putting together. Now, if you're just joining us, you have, if you haven't seen it, I put together for myself a small three radio pack. Three radios programmed to my local frequencies with um, antennas, everything ready to go that I can take with me. Because what I find is, is there's no point of having a radio unless your friends have one and your friends don't have one because they're not pro-ho. So you end up having to supply for them. But that's what we do. You know, that's what we do. But it's very nice. The three ra radio set gives you the ability, if you have family, if you need to go out, you can leave one at home with your wife. You can give one to multiple people on excursions. You will use them all the time. But the radios have been a barrier been a barrier because they're confusing and we've got more things to do in life than to read technical manuals, manuals from engineers, right? So we were considering the radio pack. Of course, we were just going to do the Bofangs for the three radio pack. We're going to do the Bofangs, programming, program it for you, for your area, a really nice USA-made bag with the very first ever ProHo morale patch, which I'm just going to design this week. I had someone reach out, one of our fellow members, that has uh, a, what he's claiming to be a better option on encrypted radios um, and wants to be involved in this. So I will reach out to him probably Monday or so, find out what's going on, and uh, see if that might be an option. I'm, I'm, it's going to have it's going to take a lot to, to pull me away from the Bofangs, one, because they're just so affordable, and I know some people are stick their nose up at it, but my personal experience and my the experience of my friends that these things have been tough and reliable and for the $60 price range you know it, yes maybe it's not perfect but at least we'll have it and it's working but that might be an option so we'll see maybe we can do an encrypted option as well as a lower lower cost option we'll see but just to keep you in the loop what's going on I'm looking forward to this it's going to be awesome uh, this will solve 
the communication problem 100%. What I'm finding is, is there's so many good resources here amongst the middlemen and amongst people in the chat that whenever I bring up these ideas, there are people come forward that have expertise in this. And this kind of gave me an idea as we move forward in the future is that now that we have, once we do the radio package, you know, what other packages can we put together that are problematic for people? You know, what, is that going to be a lantern, key, you know, whatever. So we're working on that. But the first one we're going to do with the radio and we'll get that problem knocked out. We have a super chat from uh, Gakrazy Cajun, Gakrazy Cajun, welcome. Shout out to you. He writes, special prayers up for our friend Overton Windex. Yes, absolutely. I will get my family together and pray for it. Uh, our friend Overton this as well. We have a member message from Tyler Buhite who writes, Hi Cody, East Coast man here. I carry a G17 in the colder months of Pennsylvania. I'd like something smaller for the warmer months. Thoughts on G43, 43X, or 26? Oh goodness, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I like the 17, I like the full frame and the big handle for winter months because usually you have to fight through a bunch of clothing. You know, so you can, it's really easy to carry a full size. That's really common. I do the same thing, 19X, it, it's easy to carry in the winter time. But in the summertime, if you're wearing shorts or just a, a light t-shirt, man, it, you just can't, I just can't get with it. It's just too much. So I'm looking for something smaller. I carry a G26 just because it's just what I've gotten used to and it gives me the fizz. I've, I've carried it for so long uh, that I just, it, it just works really well with me. Now I have heard from my friends and a lot of people that have our former 26 carriers, which is the small subcompact in the nine millimeter, uh, that they've switched over to the, the, the single stack. My friend Brian, he, he has a 43, I think with the st single stack and, and loves it. But I, I won't go there for the very reason that um, I don't want to introduce more complication into an already complicated process. Meaning, I don't want, I don't want new magazines. I don't want new holsters. I don't, I don't want to deal with all of that. So if you can deal with that, and uh, when, when you swap something out, now you have to swap everything, you know, that's fine. It's definitely going to be easier to carry. Reliability is, you know, not questioned. Uh, but what I like about the 26 is I'm sharing holsters. I'm sharing magazines, I'm sharing everything. All the parts, packages, trigger groups, everything is all being shared. So I can deal with a little bit extra thickness uh, and I like the extra capacity and, and, and so that's what I choose to go with. But you know, you couldn't go wrong either way, but just something to think about. If you can keep things simple where you don't have to buy more stuff, you know, don't forget, I mean, I get, in, I get in this all the time. You know, you look at a piece of gear or something you want and you're thinking, okay, I have so much money, yeah, I can afford to buy this, n not a problem. And the, is not, tell me if this isn't true, is the hardest money to spend not on accessories, especially when you were like really on the edge of buying something and you bought it and then you realize, oh, I have to spend you know, another $100 on this and I have to spend another three, $400 on this and now I have to buy extra magazines proprietary. Oh, I have to, magazine holders, my old magazine holders are double stacked, they won't handle these, you know, it just goes on and on and on where if you go with the 26 and you're already in that full size nine, nine millimeter a world, then you're good, then you're good. Right, let us know what you come up with. You, you couldn't go wrong either way. Our friend Tony Bologna is in the chat, or Bologna, welcome. Shout out to you, Tony, it's good to see you. And shout out to our Big Fizz members. 
We have a member message from our friend Jeremy Davis. Good to see you, Jeremy, as well. Jeremy says, shout out to Overton from the Fizz Brethren. Yeah, we have a good group over there in the private chat as well. We have a super chat from another Aussie Ambo. Thank you, another Aussie. I've never met an Australian that I didn't just think the world of. Man, the Australians are all, have always been good people and <laughs> just fun guys to hang around with. You want fun guys to go do stuff with, go dirt biking with or have adventures? Australian guys, they're, they're your guys. We have a super chat from the Stouffer. Welcome, Stouffer. That was very generous of you. Thank you, brother. And Johanna. Johanna says, your last few TikToks got me thinking. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the point of it. You know, there's a lot of smooth brains in the comments over on TikTok. It's interesting to see. I'm heavily involved in, in two platforms. That's where I spend my time. I spend my time on TikTok, uh, making content, and, and YouTube. And shorts, you know, the shorts, they share, I share the shorts across both platforms. So it's interesting to see the views that you get and the likes and the comments and the type of people. The TikTok crowd is certainly different, uh, a little bit younger and a little more edgy <laughs> than anything else. But that last uh, video I did, I think, I think it maybe it was a spray foam video, uh, did three. I, well, I can pull it up here. It did. Check this out. That was uh, that, well, that was a day before yesterday. Scared me here. And that video is, no, no, the balloon, the oil balloon, 3.6 million views on TikTok and 511.8 thousand likes. Now, what does that tell you? And the one before that with the spray foam, 1.7 million views and, and over a quarter million likes. Those are big numbers on, on TikTok. <laughs> you know, for, for shorts. And that's, uh, it's fun to do, you know. I mean, of course, the point of doing this, I'm not telling you that, you know, there's multiple points, but I think I'm not telling you, we we're not advocating violence. Of course, this is satire and, and just for fun. But the purpose of, of the over-the-top stuff like that is to just shock people, just to wake them up. You know, like the Boston Dynamics video of this is where the battery is on that. You know, this is not meant to be taken serious. This is, this is some, but this is a hyperbole uh, to wake people up to their attention. You know, they're like, you, you kind of just get in the ether and you're looking at this and you think, oh, robotic dogs, um, you know, how, oh, that would be useful. You know, we don't have to send officers in and, and oh, that, yeah, that seems like a good idea. And, and uh, keeping people out of harm's way, you know, and, oh, and completely missing the point that this stuff can be used uh, against us in, in, and we should expect that it will be. You know, so to, to shock people into understanding, hey, these things may not, may not be the cute, cuddly, little helpful creatures that you think they are. Um, these may be, have been designed for something that's truly sinister and evil. So to point these things out, my, my purpose, is waking people up to realize, hey, let, let's just, you know, let's pay attention to what's going on. You know, let's, let's not just listen to everything that, that, they're, that they're telling you. Goodness. You see that the New York police, I watched a video this morning, the New York police rolled out publicly. They had the chief up there spouting all this nonsense and how they're implementing these robot dogs. And they had one walking around right there on the sidewalk in front of them just this morning. You know they mount machine guns on those things, right? And sniper rifles. What happens if they get autonomy? Goodness. We have a super chat from another Aussie Ambro. Ambo. 
Welcome. Shout out to you. Who writes, one of my paramedic colleagues was stabbed and killed yesterday in Sydney. Goodness. Please keep his family in New South Wales ambulance in your thoughts and prayers. Yeah. It, goodness, I don't know what's going on in Sydney. I, I mean, I haven't heard too much. I haven't known Sydney to be a violent place, but the probability, look at the crime rate. Look what's happening in Portland and in Seattle and San Francisco. It's absolutely skyrocketing and violent crimes too. And what's so funny is the populace, talking about you know being asleep and under the ether, the populace, these, these weird Portland leftists, you know, I'm familiar with them. I'm from the area. I used to be one. I grew up with them. I get it. My friends over there, I know, uh, just can't accept the fact. Like, they just cannot accept the fact that there's evil. There's an evil element out there and that people mean them harm. And they just, I, I don't know if it's the boiling frog or what it is, but they're, now they're getting stabbed and killed and, and people are starting to wake up. What's going on? You know, it's like you, your whole world has been crumbling around you for a decade. And just now you poke your head up and look around from the trough and like, Huh? You know, it's, it's, it's actually quite, quite funny. But I'm sorry to hear that. Goodness, that's terrible. Yeah, it's not, you know, I'll tell you, we're probably not too far away from, in some of these urban areas, from our first responders. Uh, maybe they do it already. But I can't imagine if you were a first responder, like a paramedic or a, um, a fireman, uh, that I would, I would, even if I had to buy it myself, I would be wearing a, um, at, at least a knife-proof vest but most likely a level 3A vest that would stop handgun rounds. I mean, are you, you'd have to be crazy not to. All the cops are running around armed to the teeth. They look like military operators. You know, maybe you should take some, maybe they should take some consideration as well. It's terrible. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, brother. That's bad. Stouffer, we have Super Chat. Welcome, Stouffer. Thank you. And Mr. Noah James, we have a super chat. Noah James writes, hey, hey, just wanted to say I saw you on the Forehead Fables podcast and I knew about you before then, but you did a great job and a very personable. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was, that was a great experience. I had a good time. I, I, I like Sam and, and Poob and Brian. They were, they were quite, quite good to me. I, I, as I told you guys earlier, I was worried that I was going to get set up on an ambush, but uh, they were quite quite good to me. <laughs> Mrs. W, I, I did not watch the podcast, and I know that Sam did something, um, well, Jack said, you, Jack warned me I probably shouldn't watch it, and when Mrs. W watched it, she was horrified. So I just, I'm going to pretend it didn't happen, so I don't know what he did. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but when my, what, what Jack said, well, what do you expect? You know, if you're going to get involved with Sam, what did you expect? He's only going to act according to his nature. So shout out to General Sam. We have a super chat from Clang Hapton. Clang writes, KO KT250 is a starter enduro bike. Thoughts? Man, I don't know. That sounds like a Chinese motorcycle. Uh, man, I, I can't speak to that. I have not seen anything good come out of Japan. I would rather than, or Chinese, excuse me. I would rather than buying a brand new Chinese bike. I would rather take that same money and buy an older, probably an older Japanese bike and uh, something that's in good shape. Uh, maybe you put 100 bucks or 200 bucks into it, put some new grips and things on it. But I would far prefer that over, you know, I don't know, man. I know the world's changing and the stuff is getting better and better. I mean, I, I'm surprised. I mean, some of the bikes and things that they do, they, they, the stuff is getting better. But, you know, motorcycles are just not that expensive uh, on the used market. Um, and to buy something with no dealer support, because I'll tell you, parts are everything. I mean, the, uh, 
for every hour of riding on some of these bikes, if you're riding hard, you know, you've got an hour of maintenance, if not more. I probably spend twice, twi two to three times on cleaning and polishing and maintenance than I do actual riding. But I like doing that. You know, that's actually two-thirds of the fun of it is, is that part of it. I think a third is, is time with friends and buddies, going out and doing masculine things with men. Uh, that's one-third of it. The other third is the tinkering side of it and the mechanical side and learning how to do things and fixing broken things and trying to build a machine that is as tough uh, as possible, that performs as well as possible in a difficult environment. And then the, and then the third is the actual riding, really. I mean, that's the way it breaks down. But thank you, Clang. I don't know, man. I don't know about those Chinese bikes, if that's what it is, but I think that's probably where you're going. I would rather buy a Honda, Suzuki, or, or uh, Kawasaki. We have a super chat from Royal Health Shop. Goodness, $50. Thank you. That's very, very generous of you. Shout out to the Royal Shop, the Royal Health Shop. He said, we were chatting about dating a few streams ago. I'm 20, a 29-year-old male and dating in the cities in the Midwest isn't any better than anywhere else. Most of the females are totally indoctrinated into feminism, materialism, looking for a wedding, not to be a good wife. Yeah, you're going to find that those, you know, that, that feminism and liberalism really took hold in the Midwest because the people are so kind and generous. And, you know, when it's sold, especially to women, it's, when it's sold to them, it's like, well, of course we should support um, the less privileged. Of course we should support the children, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I, I think the motivation when they're voting and they're passing social programs and they're increasing levies and taxes to care for the downtrodden, you know, I, I think that their intentions are sincere, but they're misguided and they're, they're absolutely misguided. And, you know, I'll tell you, if I was a minority, if I was an Afri African-American man, and I saw the way that the white Western liberal woman panders and almost treats me like a, like, a, like a child, it would be offensive to me. They're running around here, oh, we need to do this, and, and they are not able to take care of themselves, and, and, and we, they need special privileges, and, and on and on and on. That would be, I mean, I don't know. Tell me if you are an Afri African-American man or minority that is subject to these insufferable women. Is that not offensive to you? Is that not condescending? I, I mean, I, do, I don't see it, man. I don't, I don't like it. But the key is educated. You know, I think we may need to add, this is gonna really twist some tails um, when this is clipped, but I wonder if we shouldn't add to our, um, our list of pro-ho essentials or phrases or terms um, that we should not marry women that have a college education. And as far as that goes, we ourselves should most likely not have a college education and not subject ourselves to the financial strain as well as the indoctrinations. <laughs> you know, how that argument could be made. I think it would be better if both didn't have it uh, straight out of home and got married at a young age and stayed married forever. But you're going to have a hard time with these women that have been through these universities. They're going to com have completely drank the Kool-Aid, the majority of them, and a lot of the men as well. No question about it. When I talk about Midwestern women being more dateable, I'm not talking about the ones in coming out of the major metropolitan areas of the cities. We're talking the rural places, rural people. Just as important, rural areas, a woman that ha comes from a family that is still together, still has a functioning marriage, you know, all, there's many things that come into play on that, but yeah, you're right. 
the royal health shop. Here, there he is, right out of the horse's mouth. He's in the Midwest. He's in the dating pool. He's in the mix right now, and it's a it's a, a dumpster fire. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, man. I wouldn't want to be in the dating. I wouldn't want to be in it. I wouldn't. I would, as I've said before, if I had to, if something, if I found myself you know, as a single man again, would you think I would date? Uh, you think I would be in the dating sites? Goodness, no. I would uh, go on a mission trip to um, uh, maybe South America, uh, and I would spend time down there, and I would find, see if I could look and find more, a more traditional woman. Maybe even stay down there. As America enters into its demise, and we're a decade out from being the second most powerful superpower, uh, maybe one of the most dangerous places in the world to live is going to be here. And I think getting an exit strategy uh, would be a pretty good idea right, now, right about now. Can you imagine that? You ever thought, ever considered as an American that you may want to or it might may be favorable to relocate and move you and your family to a different country? Unimaginable. But that's the world where, that's the world, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. And the persecution hasn't even begun. Would be nice to be in a different environment before the persecution of God's people starts. We have a super chat, a member message from Daniel Guzdek. Did I get that right? Guzdek. Shout out to you, Daniel. Welcome. He's been with us for three months. He says, IEDC, both of those NIPEX plus the 940, pretty deadly combination. Now, that's the first person I've heard, Daniel, that has done that. Is that right? I would, I would be curious to know, how do you carry them? Something like these two guys, yeah, man, if you were, a, if you were kind of a, like a service guy, mechanic, or just a general handyman, how many times would you pull these things out of your pocket? You, probably, you could probably eliminate half the trips to your toolbox by just having these accessible. These would be really good together in a very, very small leather pouch on the belt. Look how thin, thin they are. That's probably less than an inch inch by an inch, one inch by one inch by four, three or four inches would do it, and you would have a really awesome little combo. Yeah, I'll bet there's some pouches out there that would fit that perfectly. Goodness. Shout out to Daniel. That's good. Yeah, I haven't figured out a way to carry them. I, I just carry them on my dirt bike. We have a member super chat from Mr. Ben Brown. Shout out to you, Ben. Welcome. Good to have you back. Rate my Proho. Okay, we're going to rate Ben's Proho here. This is a, a custom we started earlier this week where you give me your technical prep or, or your preparations, listed them in order, uh, and I will give you a rating of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, highest of how your Proho is. Okay, Mr. Ben has, he owns a landscaping business, so he's one of us, blue collar, he's a digger, in the suburbs, okay. However, my parents live in the country in case of emergency. Okay, that's two good things right there. So, so Ben has, he's self-employed. He's got a landscape business. So he's going to have trucks. He's going to have trailers. He's going to have uh, some chainsaws. He's going to have uh, technical skills. And he's going to be uh, fit and trim because he's out working with his hands all the time. He also has a fallback position that his parents live out in the country, so he's got a place of refuge that he can fall back to, and that kind of cancels out living in the city or, or in the suburbs. So I would say 
with the very limited information you gave me, Ben. I would, I would, I'd like to have a little bit more information on, uh, on your, um, per, maybe your personal um, freedom dispenser options that you have. Uh, do you have night vision? Um, what about water filters? Do you have some emergency food? That would give me, help me to paint a bigger picture, but I'm going to say, if I had to rate Ben's Proho, landscaping business and a bug out location, I'm going to give you a seven. There you go. Ben Brown gets an arbitrary seven of Rate My Proho. Shout out to Ben. We have a Jezza 4300. Welcome, Jezza. Jezza has been with us for two months. $50 super chat. Good grief. That is so, so generous. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. $50 for 50 brothers. Thank you for everything. Goodness. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Our friend Caddy Wampus. Caddy Wampus is in the house. Any tips on passive aggressively taking on and making life more difficult for an overbearing HOA? Oh, this is right up my alley. Uh, I have a devious mind. Oh, goodness. I would like to, I, I would actually be willing to consult with you for free on this if I could get some more information. I, I have had experience with uh, overbearing. So what he's talking about is an HOA. It would be a homeowner's, what do they call it? Homeowner's, um, well, it just completely escaped me. A group of, of busybodies uh, who delight in overseeing and um, lording over everyone in their community, association, homeowner's association, their community. And they will, they'll have all sorts of rules. So this is funny. This is white people, suburban white people like to do this. They like to they have everything just perfect. They move into these gated communities where you have to paint your house one of five colors. Um, you can't leave your car in the driveway or some, someone will leave a little passive-aggressive note on your deal. You have to cut your lawn uh, a certain spec. and I mean, it, it's ridiculous. And there's just people, little busybodies and old women that run around and peek out through their, out through their drapes uh, and, and, and just make your life absolutely miserable. I, they'll even go so far as throw a fit if you hang up a flag, you know, if you fly old glory. I mean, it's, but it's your own fault, man. <laughs> but when you move into those things, I mean, everyone knows what it's like. And if you've moved in there, uh, you know, it's hard for you to complain about your situation you know so let's let's start with there you're not completely um, in the clear here it's like a woman that marries a plumber and then after 10 years despises him for being a plumber like what, what did you expect or a soldier you know what what, what did you expect was going to happen this is what this is what it is but if they're o overbearing and they're being abusive well um, a lot of those places have a common area right, where you can go and, uh, <laughs> I don't know, you could put a piece of raw chicken in their car. You know, that's always effective, especially in the summertime. Um, <laughs> what could you do? The passive aggressive. Um, you know, what, one thing you can do is if you wanted to get a particular message out or hang something up, let's say you wanted to hang up, let's say, for example, you have to think outside the box. If you wanted to uh, be passive aggressive and there was a flag ordinance. You want to hang up the American flag and they say, no, you can't do it. Well, one thing that we did to get around regulations, because I, I was kind of in this business when I was a construction superintendent. We would move into these, these posh locations 
like Vail and Aspen, where they had regulations of what type of a building material you could use. They wanted to keep an Old West theme, or they restricted your signage down to a certain size. You couldn't have a great big sign to get attention, you know, to get people into your store. So we were always trying to figure out ways to circumvent this sort of thing. And one thing that we did uh, that worked out really well uh, in a couple of locations like that, which had really strict sign regulation size, is that we put the sign inside the store right in the window and it was huge. We actually designed the short store around it. So we were supposed to have a sign this big, but then we had a seven foot sign, but it didn't meet the criteria because it wasn't technically outside, even though it, everyone could see it just the same. So you need to think about things like that. I saw, um, I saw one clever guy that was getting even with the HOA administration where they gave him trouble about something and he built a fence he built a small fence around his garden, and then he, <laughs> if you have children, cover their eyes right now. And then he built a gate that was facing the front of the house that everyone could see as, as they look at the front of the house. And, and then the gate, uh, you know, he designed the, the boards to look like a hand uh, giving the middle finger. <laughs> so, so, you know, you just have to be clever and, and think about things like that uh, that will just make them, you know. You know, you'll also have to live in that environment. Yeah, it's fun to get revenge on nosy people. It's fun to play these games, but you know, you're you're also so you're also fouling your own nest. You know, you have to live there and is there any point of stoking the fires of animosity? You know, you'll have to determine that. I get that, man. My default nature is definitely tell me I can't do something, well I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it just because you said that, even though I wouldn't have done it before. I get that. That's it's definitely my nature, but I gave you a couple ideas. <laughs> Take it and run with it. Do what you will. We have a uh, new member, Dirty Jesus, or Dirty Yeshua. I guess we could put it that way. Shout out to you. Oh, and a super chat. He writes, I just wanted to show my support. I love what you do. I thank you. Appreciate that. And lucky, to ha or lucky and happy to have you here. I have not seen that name before. It is somewhat memorable. So I'll have to assume you're brand new here. But shout out to Dirty. And our friend John Callward is here. He's been with us for two months. Shout out to you, John. John writes, congrats on stream number 50. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That is a, it's a pretty good accomplishment. It's a hard thing to do, this live streaming, I tell you. You know, I was thinking yesterday, now that we've kind of been in and doing it for a while, and it's, it seems to work, it's getting better, I wonder if uh, I wouldn't uh, maybe build on this and add a little bit more production and complexity. There are... Um, with the software, what we can do is that I can obviously screen share. I can screen share video clips or different things that I come by, and I was wondering, maybe I should, as I'm you know, in the morning and looking through the internet and news feeds like that, if I find things interesting, maybe I should capture those, bring them in here, and I can, if, if anything really funny or fun or topical, we can throw them up there and um, share that together on the screen. I just, I've been reluctant to it. Like, I gotta, I gotta get a few live streams in and learn how to do it before I start adding a lot of production into it. Because what you're asking yourself to do is to be able to live stream for two or three hours and make sure that you have sound and all the lighting and the batteries and now we're bringing in video clips and stuff without a producer. Ooh, margin for error starts to get pretty high there. But thank you. Thank you, Mr. John, I appreciate that. And Stubby, good to see Stubby back. Stubby writes, it's Friday, can Mama Kitty get some love? You got it. Let's grab that old cat. Don't bite me. Come on. Come on. I forgot. You're right. Stubby's right. Friday is supposed to be 
I'm supposed to put real oh, don't don't bite me don't bite me I'm supposed to relax the rules a little bit and uh, give her some more time okay I'll give you give you a couple minutes here let's roll you over let's do this let's do this someone told me that mama was a brown tabby I don't know a lot about cats and then someone else said no she's not a brown tabby she's a tiger tabby and I don't know is that true or not is there is there a tiger tabby because I've always thought she looked like a tiger all right will you just hang out there don't bite me thank you stubby thanks for the reminder cats got to get some love too once in a while we have a super chat from anarchy tattoo studios from the bronx and nyc obviously pro ho Shout out to you and welcome. Glad to see you here. He writes, any thoughts, tips, or experience on how to traditionally marry a woman with as little, if not any, government involvement? This is a very good question. It seems the government has the anti-Midas touch with everything. P.S. I am recently engaged. I, here's what I would do. I would... Um, how would it look? This is, I, I, it might be getting on the grounds that I'm talking about something I don't know anything about. The, the, the union between a man and a woman, I'm going to talk about my perspective, which is a Christian perspective, a man of the book, a man of faith. Um, that there is, that, that is a covenant that is made before man and God, um, and God recognizes it. He even tells us, goes so far, the good book tells us that when a man and woman is joined together in holy matrimony, that they become one flesh. The two are together, become one flesh. And that's a very, oh, sorry, Mom, you want, is this not working for you? That's a very interesting thing to consider. Oh, the cat hair. Uh, because what, what does that mean? Because obviously they don't. You know, I've been married to a woman for 20 years. I've known her for, what, 21. We are certainly not one flesh. We are unique and ind independent people. And even more independent now than we were when we were first married. We used to do more things together. You know, now, you know, we're you get comfortable with each other and you get other things going on. You know, we, or we spend more time apart than ever. So it's almost the opposite of becoming one flesh. So what does that mean? Is that, obviously, it doesn't uh, speak to the spirituals or, or to the uh, physical side of it. So it must speak to the f spiritual side of it. I mean, is God saying in this, is he saying that both these people... That have come together that he views them as one person no, but that's confusing too so if he views us as one person then why when we look at when we get some insights as to what's going to take place in the kingdom after the second coming he also tells us that uh, that we won't marry and we won't be given into marriage and we won't have that relationship so will there be male and female well you know what, what, what will that relationship be Obviously, that's going to be a hard one to deal with because um, intimate, being intimate with your wife and woman uh, and the attractions of the opposite sex, or sex are one of the pleasures and joys of life. It's something that God has given us to enjoy. Um, and He's blessed it and He condones it. And He's also given us an incredible power that we can even create little people in our own image. You know, not everyone's been given that power. Even the angels, I don't believe, have that, that ability, and they probably look, looked upon that amazing gift when God first dispo, dis, put that upon our ancestors um, as quite a thing. You know, what a power, if you think about it. God is the only one who has the power to create life, and yet 
He made us in his image and we do as well. You know, it's pretty amazing. You know, science says that they're going to create life, uh, but I don't think that will ever happen. I, I would not see that happening at all. It's something unique, uniquely individual. So what does it mean uh, to come together as one flesh? Could it mean that if we had uh, in a relationship where the wife was a devout believer and saved by the blood of Christ and her husband was a non-believer, that in the final judgment that he would be saved because of her righteousness? Is that possible? You know, the good book tells us that the rain falls on the just and the unjust as well. You know, we just don't know. I don't have an answer to this, but there's something quite significant about it. So the marriage is important is what I'm getting at. You know, I've said in the past, or we've been discussing in the past, that, that maybe it wouldn't be the best idea to, to sign a marriage certificate with the state because now you, you basically have put your future if there was ever a disagreement in their hands and then they can throw you if, and, and a man if you don't toe the line uh, pay this and forfeit this etc cetera, etc cetera, and get unfortunately get involved with the family courts to throw you in a cage and garnish your wages and take away all of your rights and your driver's license and your ability to get firearms and all that it's terrible so why would you want to why would you want to sign on that line why would you want to get the state involved with it you know the way that I would look at this is I, I would separate the state from the spiritual. I would render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God's. So when it came to this union, if you wanted to marry a woman, and you're, you're going to have a whole other obstacle talking her into this because women are going to be accustomed to a certain thing. They're also, you know, I don't care who they are, in the back of their mind, they also are all very much aware of the power that they have with the enforcement arm with, of the blue-pilled simp cops that um, they're going to be on their side. You know, and they always know if things go sideways that they can fall back on, big, on, their, on their big daddy, which is the state, and the enforcement arm, which are the cops. So why would a man want to get himself tangled into this mess over marriage? I would find an alternative. You know, you're going to have to dig around and find out, but I can't be the only one thinking this of a man that has been ordained, um, a, a preacher or, or a pastor or, or some sort, you know, you'll have to look into this and find out. And I would have a private ceremony that would be separate from the state. Okay, well, you're not going to enjoy all of the benefits of child uh, tax relief and credits and this and that, but so be it. I, I, let them have it. I, I don't care. I'll go out and make my own way. But if you could get your wife to agree to this and to keep that separate from the state, I would encourage it. I would encourage it. And I don't even really, I mean, I don't even know how to advise you to go about that. But I can tell you that if I was in that position and that was, I was motivated, I would figure out a way. I would figure out a way to make sure that I, that I was legally married to this woman in some way. And I don't think that it needs to be recognized by the state, you know, just personally. That's my personal opinion. I think if it was done before God, with witnesses, uh, and you honored it in every way and followed kind of the guidelines from the scriptures that uh, I, I would consider it. I would absolutely consider it. Don't get involved with the government. Don't get involved with the government. They're not here to help. We have a super chat from Northern Man. He's been with us for two months. Good to see you back, my friend, Northern Man, who writes, Rate my scav. Oh, 
this is even better, rate my scav. So what, what he's talking about is, I did a short day or two ago of, um, if I had to go in real life and do a, a scavenger run, like in the video game Tarkov. A lot of people don't know what Tarkov is. Tarkov is a first person shooter video game where you have, a, <clears throat> you get a character that just has some basic stuff like that a regular dude would have around the house. And he's got to go out into a uh, dystopian hell and uh, scavenge whatever he can scavenge for his family. How would you go out with what you have on hand, not, not having a bunch of high-speed military gear? So I did a couple videos on that. And when I thought about that realistically, uh, I thought, well, I would, I would adopt what I would wear for hunting, which would give me the ability to be quiet, um, to keep me warm in a winter environment, and just things that I was very familiar with. I, I don't want to be introducing a lot of new tech and equipment that's been unproven. I want things that I've spent a lot of time in that are well-worn and that I know that they work. And so that's what I kind of did. So Northern Man is going to ask me to rate his scav outfit. All right, wool jacket, cargo pants. Cargo pants are a good idea because they've got the cargo pockets on there where you can stash an IFAC, you can stash a tank battery, all sorts of things. Boots, Sawyer water filter, and emergency bottle. Yep, I've got one of those. That's a good one to go with. Um, those are very slow and tedious, so make sure you go out and practice with those before you put that, you, you make a scav run with one. It would be better off to carry two liters of water, and if you needed to filter it, to drop in a water filtration tap because it's much quicker than trying to stop. Because if you were going to do that, animals are very vulnerable at the watering hole because it's a common place where people need to go. If you go into a Tarkov-like run into a dystopian nightmare, there's only going to be so many places to get water and you're not the only one that's going to know about it. So there are, if you were a sniper or a rat uh, and you were waiting to capitalize on, on someone else's loot, uh, where would you hide? Well, you would overwatch on a watering hole, right? So the idea in any environment to go down to the water and take the, that precious time to go through a filtering process would be crazy. So you'd want to go down there, dip the water, and leave, and then filter it somewhere else. See, Proho thinks about these sort of things. He also has energy bars, cotton handkerchief, essential, belt, knife, rope, compass, battery grinder, battery grinder, 590 12-gauge slugs and birdshot in a canvas haversack. Well, you definitely got the aesthetic down. You and I would cut uh, a pretty good-looking pair <laughs> De definitely not not traditional looking, but that's what it, that's what you would look like, man. You would use what you had. Interesting take on the shotgun. You know, I considered that. I definitely considered that. If you were going to go, and that's a reasonable take because I would not allow you to to take like a high speed AR or four sixteen or something like that. You have to have something that you would have a normal dude would have in a gun case, and that's what you would have. It would probably be a a big long barrel uh, for bird hunting. But yeah, shotgun would be good. Maybe throw in a couple slugs there. I like that. I'm going to give your scav rating, give you a scav rating. That's pretty good. I'm going to give that, I'm going to give that an 8.5. That's the same as I would give myself. That's, that's a pretty good one. Thank you, Northern Man. And David. David's been with us for two months. Shout out to David. David writes, I'm a guy of 30 years old. I live in Iowa, and I got tired of the woman, women here. And I went overseas to the Philippines and found a beautiful Christian woman. Well, there you have it, right there. You know, that is not pie in the sky, beloved. David attests to that. He went over there, he got sick of it, and he took matters into his own hands. 
this is going to do one of two things. If we want, you know, if, time, if the Lord tarries, and we're here for a significant amount of time, what we do, those of us who are older and married, is not really going to have a lot of social, that's not going to affect us a whole lot. Um, one, either you're already married to TradCon, or at my age, you've been through a divorce or two, and you're so jaded that you're going to go full monk mode, and you're not going to get involved with these 304s. And you're just too darn tired uh, to get a passport and go overseas and go through this aggravation. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> more like it. But for our young, for our young as, as, to quote my friend Undead Chronic, our young Brutas, um, we can still work to affect change. How are we going to affect? The only way we can affect change is that, is that these women are going to have to see what they're doing is wrong. And when we don't, when there are consequences that they have to pay, when we do not cohabitate with them anymore, when we do not date single mothers, when we do not date over 35, those three things will have a powerful change if half, if 25% of the men would adhere to these rules. This would put them in a bad spot because what would happen is that now there are no consequences if they go out into their 20s and they get knocked up and have two, three, four kids by two or three different baby daddies. Because if they're, attra if they're like a five or better, and, they keep them, and they're not complete land whales, they, they know that even though they're, they've got their rate, they'll find a, a simp to marry them. Dudes are so hungry out there and so f f for girls that they'll overlook this and they'll jump into that environment and they'll break the rule of do not date or marry single mothers. And they find themselves in a bad spot because now they're raising Chad's kids. And the wife doesn't respect them. No one that looks upon that would respect them. I mean, it's abhorrent to a man. Um, to Again, I'm back in my black and white. When life is messy and there's a lot of different situations. And there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah. I I, I go too far sometimes. I think I go too far. But you get my point. If there were consequences for these actions, if there were, if there were consequences for being a single mother, they would be reluctant to do it. Then they would realize, wait a minute, I control whether or not I get pregnant. There's no excuse anymore. There, how many different options do females have uh, for birth control? So they ultimately, you know, ultimately, it, most of the responsibility comes down to them on that. They, they can control that. Now, if they're irresponsible with it or whatever, they forget to, you know, that's, that's on them, really. So if there were consequences and women started to realize, oh, I've now, because I'm a single mother, no one will date me, or my, the dating pool has gotten a lot smaller because men have decided that they don't want this. They, don't, they can't take the risk of marrying someone like this only to be divorced 10 years down the road and everything taken, home, half your wages, saddled with child support for children that are not your own. I mean, goodness, this is what's going on right now. But that's the only thing that's going to cause, that I think will cause them to wake up and to, and to take some accountability for this promiscuity. Goodness. Shout out to David. David went to the Philippines and he, got, he made it happen. Yeah, a good, beautiful Christian woman. I'll bet you're happy, David. I bet you wouldn't trade places with a lot of, a lot of dudes out here. We have a super chat with Tyler Buhite. 
he's been with us for a, a member for one month. He's okay. You talked me into it. The G26 is what it is. The simplicity is key. Thank you. Yeah, there's something to be said for that, David, or Tyler. Excuse me. That that simplicity. Um, I'll, I'll tell you personally. I I looked at when that when the slim stack was it the 43 the nine whatever whatever it is when that first came out. I looked at that at the gun store and held it, and I, thought I was almost bought when I was very keen on it. But you can, you know, you can really get in when the new stuff comes out, especially something from Glock that is so different. It's easy to get really excited in the hype, and then you go online and you watch all the YouTube videos and all the gun reviews, and they're talking about how awesome it is, and and you get more excited, and you pretty much make up your decision that you're going to go ahead and do it. But what what I've learned is is when those things happen. Let the dust settle. Let all the excitement settle. The reason why all those videos are up and on there and all these rave reviews and how awesome the new thing is is because, you know, the gun channels, especially the ones that have been around for a long time, they've reviewed everything there is to review multiple times, upwards, backwards, downwards, forwards. I mean, and there's, it's just there's not a lot of content there. So anything that comes down the pipe or any new gear or something unique or different, uh, they're just all over it. All, they're all up in that because they need content of something that's fresh, you know, because their channels get really stale. So don't get caught up in that hype. And that's, and I kind of got into that. I almost bought one, and then my buddy Brian bought one, and he's carrying it, and it was almost decided. But I kept carrying my 26 and kept carrying it. And now with the benefit of hindsight, and a little bit of wisdom and thinking and looking back on it and watching them with the problems with holsters and just an added level of complexity. Um, I don't want it. We need to be flexible in these times. You need to be able to, to move seamlessly between your platforms and, and save money. Keep it simple. If you can have just one holster, isn't that nicer than having multiples? I'd rather have one, I'd rather have four, three or four Glocks with one or two holsters that I could share, maybe three but they're all going to be the same. All the magazines are going to share. All the parts are going to share. Then having five or six different oddball things with, goodness, who knows how many holsters. I have boxes of holsters because I abandoned that rule, or I didn't, didn't adopt that rule years ago. Yeah, that's what you should do. Get the G26, and uh, it's a fat, little, fat, fat, stubby little guy. But it's a, good, it's a good one. It's easy to carry in the summertime, especially with a flush magazine. Get two magazines. Or it comes with two. It'll come with two flat magazines, but get the, uh, the, get the Glock only. Don't buy any aftermarket parts, but get the Glock plus two. It gives you another finger perch on it, and it's super good. I've shot, uh, I think I've shot 1,000 rounds through it, 1,200 rounds through that in a pistol course. Because... Not because that was the best gun to do it with, but it was because that was my carry. That's, my num that's the one I have most of the time, and I wanted to be proficient with it. So that's what I would do. The only downside is you can't put a light on it, but that's a different thing. This is a super compact, and you, when you start putting lights on them, then your holster options, they just they get really thin. We have a super chat from Evan Dixon. Radio's made easy. Evan, I didn't mean to speak with you. We have just between Evan and I, we have a guy that contacted me um, that has um, some radio options. And he see, just from the email, it sounded like a pretty good dude. So I'm, what I'm going to do 
is I'm going to get something together with you and Overton, the three of you, and you can um, vet him and find out if this is something that we want to look at or not. I'm going to leave that decision up to you guys. And then if that's good and affordable, or maybe if it's not affordable but it's still good, maybe we have two packages where we have a, an encrypted, higher quality one, and then we just have the basic, the standard Bofang Proho kit. So thank you for that, brother. Congrats on the 50th stream. I am grateful for the community of excellence you have built here. Yeah, it's built itself. It, this is God's people here, and we're building the army of Christ, the army of God for the coming struggle. Now, we are not about violence here. Our battle is not between flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual battle. Thank you, Evan. And finally, the Royal Health Shop. Good to see you back. It says, Cody, I appreciate you calling out the blue tumor in our society. Maybe a reading of confessions of a former B bastard cop. In order, he has some white guilt, but it's right from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of dudes on there. I follow a bunch of guys of the similar vein that are ex-cops that are, have been exposing uh, how horrible it is and how corrupt it is and how it, it is essentially. And there, 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 there are cops that are actually operating as illegal gangs. Um, it's deplorable. It's deplorable. And the fact, it's very offensive that the flag that they fly and the patch that they wear on their uniform and that stupid sticker they put all, they put all over their car, the blue line. You've seen that, the American flag with the blue line. First off, that's a desecration of the flag. It's actually illegal. Number two, it shows an allegiance. That's a gang sign. That's an allegiance to a club or a private group or a gang. Why is their allegiance not to the Constitution? Why is their allegiance not to the American flag? Why is their allegiance, why is their allegiance to this blue line flag? This is an offense to patriots. This is offense, definitely offense to, to Proho. I hate that thing. When I see that on cars, it, it physically makes me violently angry. When I see it on their uniforms, it physically makes me violently angry. It's even worse when you see normies, just normal people that are not cops, rolling around with that on their window. That needs to, be, that needs to go. If I ever become king or sovereign for a day, um, that will be one of my edicts, that that will be... Um, that, that symbol, that gang symbol, will be banned. Yeah, it, I, I would recommend you, if you come across people that have that, if they're wearing it on a T-shirt or cops that are wearing it on their uniform or have got it on their car, if you see that and have the opportunity, I would raise the awareness of this. I, I would walk up to them. I, I'm going to do this. I will walk up to them, not violence or anything. I'll just explain to them, do you know what that symbolizes? Do you know that that is a desecration of our flag? Do you know that that is, is a, a gang-affiliated affiliation sign? You know, maybe you should, do you know how much people hate that? Do you know how offensive that is to good patriotic Americans? Oh, cops. Just, just talking about them makes my blood absolutely boil. Dr. Prepper. Good to see you, Dr. Prepper. Thoughts on mag guts for Glock? I don't know. I don't know what that is. My, my initial thought, though, mag guts, what is that? Is it new, like a new follower spring? Thoughts on mag guts for Glocks? It sounds like it. 
man, someone will have to explain what that is. But if that's what it is, um, I'm not about aftermarket parts uh, for carry, not not at all. I would not. I, I have to look at it. I mean, I don't even know what I'm talking about here with mag guts. But just to, to go on another tirade, be careful about putting accessories on your firearms. Now, if you're a three-gun shooter, as I said, if you if it just gives you the fizz and you've got a, a race gun and you're doing that, you know, go do what you want. That's cool. I, I'll port it. Put put a compensator on it. Put a ghost trigger bar on it. Whatever you want. But when we're talking concealed, your carry gun, you want that to be as generic and plain as possible. Well, first off. You don't know more than Gaston Glock does when it comes to accessorizing. So I'd be really, really reluctant. The testing has been done. The verdict is out that Glock perfection is, is among the most reliable of all things. So getting into messing around with that is, is going to be, I would be very slow to do that. The second thing is that if you have to, if that's used in a, unfortunate, if you're unfortunate enough to have to use that to defend yourself and you're, fighting for your life in the court system. You don't want a bunch of accessories on there because the, the prosecution is going to paint you out to be some sort of a vigilante. If you've like engraved something on there or you've put the Punisher rear tail cap on it or you've even stippled it. I mean, the argument could be made among, among the naive that this guy is a vigilante. You know, look, he did all this stuff to his gun and modified it to be even more deadly than it was, you know, from before. You know, that's not going to look good. If you're using some sort of crazy, super lethal ammunition that has, you know, like Slayer on it, you know, you don't want to do that. Again, you go to local cop shop and find out what they're using and buy that. And that, then it takes the power out of them. You know, you're not looking like a vigilante. Oh, your defense could say, well, he's using the same ammunition that the, the, police, the police force approved. Well, of course, a, a, a citizen would use that. You see where I'm going with that? So be very careful about that. That's a, that's a real possibility. And I don't know if that's what that is, Dr. Prepper. I've never heard of it. But cl clue me in what it is, and uh, of course I'll have an opinion. <laughs> we, have a, we have opinions around here. You know how it is. And we have a super chat from our friend, Mr. Kevin Moore. Shout out to you, Kevin. Welcome. Good to see you here. Kevin writes, I'm a 42-year-old man who got away from a very bad wife. But you're feeling happy right now. Goodness, how is? I'll, I'll bet even if you're in a hovel right now, if you're in like a one-room apartment, that's. Um, I'll bet just having the peace and the quiet, it's got to be. You got to feel like the richest man alive. I have two kids myself. Finding a tradcon woman under thirty-five, no kids, will almost be scary. What should I do? Uh, you should probably raise your kids at 42, you should probably raise your kids and, and just go monk mode. Um, put your focus on them. Put your focus on building wealth and a business or getting your bag, whatever you want to call it. And when the kids are out eight, at 18, 17, 18, you know, out going their own way, doing their own thing, then you'll be in a much better position to find you're going to be able to find a higher quality woman. In the time that you took to improve on yourself, get yourself physically, you know, always be moving in that direction. Get your weight under control if you haven't done that. Get your fitness back if you've lost that. You know, whatever you have to do to, to get yourself the best, in the best possible shape physically that you can, 
while you're doing that, you're getting your money up, getting your business going, and focusing on your kids. That's going to give that's going to give you a be a handful. And then you've done the right thing by your kids. They'll never be able to look back later in life with resentment, saying, "Dad put more emphasis on finding a new girlfriend than he did upon us." They're going to say the opposite. They're going to say, "Dad put us first. He he made." us are his priority and then when they're up and out and they look back and, and see that you may be you know with another woman or looking for a mate you know you're going to have their blessing rather than rather than having resentment from them I, it may not be the answer you want i mean I, I i get all that but there's nothing a woman does for you that you need yes it's nice nice to have a companion nice to have a friend to share things with but it's not essential if you don't get sex, it's not going to kill you. But the other way is, you know, the other way around. They need us a lot more than we need them. So just understand that. I'm not. I'm not saying it's pref It's the. It's the best option, but you're fully capable of not getting involved with women for a, for, for 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 a few years while you focus on your children. The woman that you're going to get to come and to take on that responsibility with two kids is going to be difficult to find. Unless you're, unless you're super wealthy, there's going to be, that's going to really diminish your, your dating pool of, of women that are going to want to get involved with that, to be honest with you. You are, if you could put it off until your kids are independent, now you're back as a single man. Now you're not asking a woman to come in and take on this responsibility. You'll have the ability to get a much higher quality woman, it seems to me, uh, that if you were to do that. So you ask my opinion, and that's my opinion. That's what, I would, that's what I would advise you to do, as much as you probably don't want to hear that. Mr. Overton is back in the chat. Welcome back, brother. $100 super chat. Goodness gracious. Thank you, brother. Mr. Overton writes, shout out to my grandpa, Kay. Died last night at 103 years old. 11 kids, 31 grandkids, and exactly 103 grandkids crushing. Goodness. 103. Man, I'm sorry, brother. I, I'm still feeling, uh, I, I'm still experiencing the shockwaves of, of losing my granddad, and it's been many years now. But man, I think about him. I think about him every single day. Yeah, there it is, winning, man. Look at that. What a legacy. 103, 11 kids, and 31 grandkids and 103 great-grandkids. If I ever heard the term, a better term of describing crushing, and I think Owen Benjamin would agree with us on this, uh, your granddad absolutely, absolutely crushed. Man, that's a great loss. I'm sorry about that, brother. Losing your grandpa is tough. You had him a long time, though, 103. 103. I wish my granddad could have lived to 103. He'd still... Probably, yeah, yeah, he'd probably still be here. He'd, be, he'd have another year or two. Wish he could see all this that we're doing. Yeah, it's tough, man. Well, shout out to you, brother. We're glad to see you here. I'm sorry you had to go through that. That's a bummer. All right, gentlemen. Well, it's Friday. I'm going to shut it down here. I like to shut things down a little bit early, you know, as is my custom. I always encourage you guys and remind you to consider um, adopting as 
pro-ho and leader of your home adopting a Sabbath day of rest, even if you are a secular man, even if you, you, you're not ready to or you, you've, you've read and done your own research and you've decided that the Christian faith is not for you, you know, no one's judging you here. You know, we hope and pray for you that you would come away around to, to seeing the true truth and knowing, and knowing God personally, having, a, having Jesus as your personal Savior and enjoying the peace and hope, uh, the, joy, the, the um, blessed assurance that comes from that, knowing that you're on the good side, knowing that, you are, that your future is secured and that you have a helper. Um, and, you know, even if you don't accept that, even if you just adopt the Sabbath as a secular person, it'll still, it'll still produce great blessings to your family. I cannot emphasize that enough. You know, the good book tells us the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And there are many people that benefit from being in the proximity of, of people that are favored of God. Um, the old story is, you know, the praying neighbor who is a strong, faithful man of God prays during the drought and God sends the rain. Well, all of his neighbors who are not people of faith, they also benefit from this man's faith from this man's, the favor that God pours out on his people, it spreads amongst uh, his friends and those around him as well. And that kind of resonates with me, you know, going back to what we discussed earlier about a man and woman coming together and God seeing them as one flesh. You know, very well may be that if a woman is a beloved of Christ and a powerful person in, in, of faith and her husband may be an atheist, just the blessings and the favor of, of God that is poured upon this woman, it is so powerful that it encompasses him as well. And he benefits from, from the peace and the, and the prosperity and everything, the blessings that come from God. There are great mysteries uh, when it comes to these things that we don't understand. But I have faith and I believe that, that these are going to come, these understandings are going to be coming. Our knowledge, our better I guess we're going to have a better understanding of these things in the future as God starts to reveal and open up His Word uh, in ways that He's never done to people in the past. That's happening right now um, to those of us that are looking. Remember, spiritual things are spiritually discerned, and things that are really important and foundational, important things to Christians are counted as foolishness to people who don't believe because their eyes have been blinded. God gives us a supernatural ability to understand and to see Scripture. He interprets it for us through the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So how we read it as people of the faith and the benefit that we receive and how God communicates with us through the 66 is very different than someone who reads it with just a secular mindset. He doesn't have the benefit of the, of the third eye, of the spiritual discernment that those of us who ask for guidance do. But I would encourage you to keep the Sabbath. Starts tonight at sunset. The fourth commandment starts with remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall do no work, nor your maidservant, nor your manservant, nor the, nor the stranger at your gate, nor your animals, etc. Make it a blessing. How nice would it be for a hardworking proho to have a day where he could be guilt-free, have a day of rest, to do what he wants to do with his family. Take your kids fishing. Go look at dirt bikes, go to garage sales, go thrift, sale, go thrift store with your wife, whatever you decide works for you, but no work. We're not doing projects around the house. We're not, I'm not going to go out 
and work for, at my business. We're going to do whatever we want to do, but it's going to be guilt-free knowing that if I want to take a nap on the hammock and smoke a cigar and have a glass of scotch, that's what I'm going to do. And no one can tell me not to. So, But remember, alcohol is poison. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're on the path here, gentlemen. And finally, we have a, our final super chat from our friend Nick M. Welcome, Nick. Nick writes, thoughts on government license plate recognition systems. It's funny you should say that. <clears throat> I have to be careful what I say here. I've been working on... This is for... Uh, Minecraft, you know, in, in my, when I build cars and replicate cities in Minecraft and such. Uh, working and thinking on my mind of a, um, of a license plate option that would be a quick removal. Uh, undoing a light, of course, we can all take a license plate off. Let's say you were going into a certain environment where you may want to keep your anonymity. Maybe you don't want to get doxxed. You know, who knows? People have lots of different reasons for doing different things. I can't speak to all those. But one thing, one thing that I have been putting a lot of thought about and considering that it would be a nice option for Proho to have had thought ahead and in an emergency very quickly have the ability to, to remove a license plate. Put it in the car, you know, whatever. I, I don't know what that may be. And I've been thinking a couple different options. Now, yes, you could take the tools to do it, but you know, you're talking the screwdriver and if, you live, if you're East Coast man, your whole thing's going to be all rusted and corroded, and you're never going to get those bolts loose because you put salt on your roads. And so that's not really a good option. That's tedious and time-consuming. It's not fast. And then I thought, well, what about replacing those with wing nuts? Would that be an option? Yeah, possibly. You could go out there, and you could spin off the wing nuts, and that, again, is faster, but not super fast. And there's also a high chance that someone is going to steal your license plate and you have to go through that hassle, right? Um, so that's not really a good option. And then there's uh, the flippers. You know, there's, there's companies that make license plates that flip, like the James Bond style. Those are out there now. You can buy them on Amazon. But the quality is quite dubious, um, and the legality of that, I think, might be a problem as well. That could be an issue. So what I think I'm going to do, because, you know, for me, I would never take my license plate off publicly, um, you know, that would be illegal. We don't break the law around here. Uh, but sometimes when I'm filming, it would be nice to protect my anonymity and privacy. Uh, I always forget to cover the license plate. So I thought maybe a solution would be a very good... Now, have you used TechLock before? I think I have some right here. Would you indulge me? Let me grab it. TechLock. I try to be organized. What's the chance that I'll actually have what I... Have something in a spot that I know it to... Ah, yes, I do have it. Excellent. I think this is the Proho solution right here. Of course, I'll do a short on this if it works out. This is TechLock. TechLock is made by 3M. 3M makes a good adhesive. And essentially what it is, it, this is like an industrial level type of Velcro material. Where Velcro, you have the hook and the loop. You have the two different, different sides. This stuff is the same on both sides. It sticks to itself. And it is a hard plastic. And when you lock it together, listen. You hear it click? It's, it's really, really strong. Really, really strong. Bomber strong. But you can pull it apart just like Velcro. 
It's quite clever stuff. Now this is only, what, one inch, three quarter inch wide, but you can get this in bigger pieces, I believe, or wider, maybe up to three inch. I'll, I'll, I'll find out. I'll be ordering some. What if, for his vehicle, Proho, put this adhesive, covered it completely, co completely covered the back of the license plate, and he did it right, so he cleaned it with isopropyl alcohol and made sure that you put this on and with the heat gun and it, once you do that it'll really stick it won't come off I, i've tested this I've, I've actually raced motorcycles with this on my helmet with with heavy items on it like cameras and uh, lights and i've never had it come loose so if we had tech lock on the truck bumper as well as the you know we might make need to make an adapter per vehicle that's going to be have a flat surface on it that actually bolts up whatever it's not going to be difficult to do but once that's installed that's going to be uh, impossible uh, it's, I don't I wouldn't see that being illegal how you attach it but you'll be able to go out there immediately and, and pull it off so I'm going to do that so I have that option I could quickly remove it stick it back on without being a toolless tool system. Now, I don't know about your state, but in my state, it is, uh, you have to run front license plates, you know, and, you know, is that enforced? Yeah, maybe, maybe not, but, you know, if, if that were to, if that were not to be there, you know, would that be a problem uh, where you only had one plate on the back? So, which, you know, I'm, I'm just, there are just ways to just kind of skirt, work on the fringes, uh, so to speak, but... I think it would be very, very wise uh, to have an option like this that you've thought ahead of time where if you found yourself in a dangerous situation, let's say that you are driving through Portland and Antifa is changing you, would it, cha changing you, would it be better for you not to have your license plate um, all over the internet? I'm just saying. You know, those people have contacts. That's the, that, that's, you know, the, I don't know that people understand how organized Antifa is getting. They've got some pretty serious fund funding and their organizational system is actually way better than Proho's. They're actually communicating secretly, privately. They're getting outside funding. They're all on the same page and like it or not, they're actually make. I mean, they're getting their way. So they're winning. In, in some areas where they're operating, they're actually winning um, regardless of, I'm not talking about right or wrong. But we could, you know, you look at them and I see all the comments that, oh, they're just a bunch of incels and, and, and they're the worst of society and, and, and you know, they, they don't have anything going on. They have a lot going on and they're actually making an affecting change. So they're not to be trifled with uh, whatsoever. And I would be, I would not, I would not be happy to have them stalking me, to be honest with you. You know, and I can, you know, and I can also, how do you say this without having people take it the wrong way? I, I can somewhat sympathize. I don't sympathize with, with their socialism and their cause and such, but I do sympathize with, with their, you know, with their take on defunding police. Now, they're going too far with it, but, you know, I get it. You know, they've, they've suffered and been at the hand of corrupt cops as well, you know, so that we do have some things in common. But we should not be out to intimidating people and desecrating people's land and destroying property and all that. I can't get with that at all. So I have to, you know, I, I can't side with that. That's, that's absolutely wrong. And I oppose every aspect of it. But I, 
I can't. I, I mean, I have to be. I would be dishonest if I couldn't say I sympathize with their frustration. We're all frustrated. You know, we all have. We all and we all have some common enemies as well. We have a super chat from our friend, Mr. Kevin Moore. Shout out to Kevin. Kevin writes, more info, only practical custody of my children. Due to this woman, I'm feeling like I've lost the traditional values to my kids. I'm waiting. I'm wanting a Tradcon wife. Is it to show? Wife is to, is to show what a real woman is. Oh, man, I, I get that. So Kevin's expanding on this, so more information. Partial. You have partial custody of your children due to this woman. I feel like I've lost tradition. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's, that's tough. Goodness. Yeah, it's, it's really shocking to, to us men how quickly our women can, how quickly they can pivot and shut off emotions and turn on you. Someone that, that you trusted, that you had children with, that you were intimate with, that you trusted with your life, that you lied beside for years. How quickly... They can throw all that away and turn on you is is staggering. Men men are so much more loyal as a as a whole. Um, we don't have the the ability to walk away and and to and to just turn off the emotions and jump to the next person uh, like a lot of these women do. That's why it's hard to understand. It's like it's like man, how, were you even? You have to think, you know, were you even ever serious? Was this always a plan? Did you always have this escape, this escape route um, in running in the background? And, and you never told me. You know, if guys would known, had known that, you know, they wouldn't have been so quick to sign that marriage document. And now you're in the hands of the state and there's nothing you can do about it. So you put your head in the noose when you sign that marriage agreement that marriage license. You put your head in the noose and all of our heads in the noose right now. And whether or not our women decide to, to drop the floor on us, um, that, which they can do at any time and they have that power. That's the way I would look at it. That's how precarious our situation is in the West with marrying Western women through the state. And I know that doesn't help you, Kevin. You learned that the hard way. It's unfortunate, but a lot of dudes are going to have are going to have to come away around to this way of thinking, because they've been destroyed in the family courts. Yeah, I know. I, I know what you're wanting. You're wanting, but it's going to be difficult to find. And and what I fear is that you're going to do this whole thing all over again. You're going to be you're operating from a position of desperation. Because you want to, you want someone, you want traditional, you want to try to make up for lost time, and the number of women that you're going to get to come to step into this environment, especially with a insufferable or antagonistic ex-wife, is going to be very small, and you are going to be very desperate to get someone. You're going to grab on and latch on to the first one that shows interest because you're trying to plug this hole, and I just don't know that you're going to be able to make the best judgment and to make make the best decision. What happens? <coughs> If you find said alleged tradcon woman that's willing to step up and to do this for you, and let's say that she's pregnant in the next year, now you've got three and one of your own. Well, right now you've got yourself a whole bunch of new problems that you didn't have before. The new woman is not going to be too keen on having the other, the old wife's children hanging around, no matter what she says. There are a few 
particular women that are saintly, that would be sincere and be able to take this on, but most are not. And, and you think it's bad when they're just coming over and you're dating, wait till she has her own. And when she sees the resources from her family, from her husband, being redirected to another woman's children and another family, that is going to cause all sorts of problems. You're, you're, your, life, your life is going to be worse than had you just went monk mode when you're dealing with this. And what if she decides after three or four years, now, you're second, now you've got two kids with her, now you've got a total of four and you're five or six years in. What happens when she pulls the floor out from you and now you're hanging by a second noose? And now you've got, four, you've got two divorces and you've got two families to take care of. I mean, do you see where this goes? This is the, as Coach Greg Adams calls it, the marriage wheel. He has a graph that shows the marriage wheel where we go around the same pattern over and over again, over again, three divorces, four divorces, alimony, child support, the same thing over and over and over again, and we don't learn the lesson. I know you want what you want, but you've got to wake up and separate the emotions and, and realize what you should do versus what you want to do. Raise those kids. There's no one, but focus on them and focus on yourself. Get yourself in the position. And I don't know how old the kids are, but even, you know, if you kept yourself in good shape and you had a good job and you owned your home and you had things going on, even in your mid 50s, you can still get a good partner. You know, and you've already had kids, so that's not really a concern. So, I mean, you could find someone 35, 40. No problem. And being single and established, you know, having the kids up and out, you're going to have a, you're going to attract a much higher quality person. But this is just, these are just opinions, brother. I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you got to deal with that, Kevin. That's a bummer. There's a lot of guys here that are dealing with that. A lot of guys here that have unfortunately found the true nature of some of these Western women, and it's, it's, it's dark. Not all. There's good ones out there. There's bad men, too. Let's not forget that. But most regular guys are pretty good dudes, in my experience. They're not complicated. All right. Well, we're going to shut it down. I like to shut it down a little bit early, get everything prepared for the Sabbath. Mrs. W is judging. I think she's judging Jack's um, speech and debate tonight. So the Sweet Loaf and I have a special evening plan. Sweet Loaf and I like to work on bikes out in the shop. So I'll get some... Uh, I'll get some, member, some uh, member content for you guys, too. All right, that is it. Thank you, beloved. Thank you for all of uh, the moderators and uh, for that generous super chat from our friend Overton and prayers to Overton and his family for their lost 103-year-old grandfather with 11 children and over 100 great-grandchildren. Yeah, that's crushing, absolutely crushing. You know that... There's something that Mrs. W. and I have talked about a lot and are for believers of. Have you ever heard the term generational curse, generational curses? These are um, the Christian people believe that if you have, um, let's say that there is a f uh, father that's, that's prone to rage and anger, it's very likely that that characteristic or that habit will be passed down for generations families often talk about, yeah, men from our side of the family, they have this characteristic. Women from our family, side of the family, they all tend to have this characteristic. That's, that can be a generational curse, and that can be, even be 
demonic in some in, in some aspects. That that there there is there is the ability, and this does happen with people where a darkness or a de demonic possession can be in in a family in some way, and that can be passed on from mother to daughter, from father to son. And those I'm not saying that all characteristics are demonic, but this is just something that's that happens. That that is a real life thing that can happen in life. And you can be struggling with. You could might be even struggling with um, alcoholism or anger or pornography, and you wonder why it's so hard for you to overcome this. You might look at that. That could be something, it could be a generational curse that it, that is befallen you or been you've been saddled with as a child because your great-great-grandfather somewhere, you know, got involved with something that he shouldn't have. And, and no one ever rose up or thought to try to break that cycle. You know, so these things happen, but on the flip side, there's also blessings that come from, from father to son uh, of men that do the right thing, women that do the right thing, that honor God. You know, the, the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Children can be sanctified by godly parents, even though the children are not, or have advantages of just because God honors uh, the commitment that the parents made. There's, there's a lot of things like this that happen. And just hearing that Overton story of his grandfather, it's 103, you know, and having that, it, you know, that, that's a great thing to have in your family line. You know, that, that is um, a momentum or just a, a blessing or just a mindset that comes down. It's like a generational blessing that comes to your family, maybe just because you see it and you know it's possible and then you emulate that. I don't know. There's a lot of things that we don't understand, but to have that as your grandfather, um, is pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. What a legacy. And Mr. James Thomas, we have a super chat. Shout out to you, James. James, you're going to be the last one. Love and appreciate, appreciate, love your appearance with General Sam. I was up, oh, the sweet loaf was up. I'm going on a couple hours of sleep here. I'm just not myself right here today. Not, not reading well. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I haven't watched it, but I was there, so I don't need to. But I'm hoping to do another one. Uh, they, they had, uh, well, I'll announce that if it comes up. I haven't been invited, but I did ask to be invited, so we'll, we'll hope that happens. I did also offer, I'll close with this, uh, General Sam uh, is going to be doing another hiking expedition. And what was funny was they took... Uh, Four gamers, uh, four, four gamers up off the couch with no outdoor experience, and he brought them up to a pretty rugged area up in Idaho, and it was hilarious <laughs> what took place on the camping site. Uh, and they want to make this annual. So we have, you know, we live right, the Pacific Crest Trail runs right through our property, you know, so we have access to some of the most beautiful hiking trails in the world. And so I did in, invite or offer um, Sam to base camp here and we'll drop them off, and so he said that he might do that. So maybe there'll be a collaboration in the future. We'll see. But shout out to General Sam. All right, thank you. I got to go. Thank you to the moderators. Thank you to all of the Super Chats. I really appreciate you guys' support, and it's just great to have everyone here. May God bless you and your families. Remember the Sabbath tonight, and members, I will have some stuff up for you this weekend. We will be chatting. So may God bless you and your families. Please keep us in your prayers, and we'll see you guys I guess we'll see you over on the next live stream.